gentlemen to another episode of Alama UDND. I am Faris Najib and joining me today as usual as per normal it is Dinner. and also there you go the <laughs> longest name in DND. So we are here today we actually just want to chit chat and talk lah and also we want to just hang out. Fun times just have some fun times. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and first of all hmm. I want to know Amir, how did you get into D&D, bro? Well, so it all started because me and my friends were looking for something different to do because every time we would... You know when you're 18, 19, you're just going out, you're going clubbing, you're meeting, you're talking under the block. And we always used to come up with these random fantasy ideas. What would you do if the apocalypse happened right now? Where would you go? Where would you run? That kind of thing. And one of my friends came across Critical Role. As a lot of people who started D&D did, right? Critical Role's influence on expanding the community is unmatched as of like this recent past. So he was like, why don't we do this? We can act as people and all the scenarios in our head, we get to play it out for real. So he bought the, the starter kit and we played Lost Minds of Pandora and we enjoyed it immensely. Of course, like like uh, Daniel, you mentioned previously in, a, in the last episode, you come up with joke characters. Yes. Right? You come one of my friends, he was the grandson of Don Don Donkey. <laughs> right? So he had uh, benefits <laughs> at every convenience store throughout the region. Uh, and, and we had a lot of fun. We had a lot of fun role-playing, trying different things, trying to break the game. And that's where we started running. We realized that oh, running a long campaign for us with our terrible attention spans. That is difficult. Yes. So we started out by running one shots, and I started out as a DM from there because I was like, I want to make the story. I want you guys to play through the story. So I started with that, and I became very entrenched in coming up with horrifying ways for them to come across. The first campaign that I ever ran, which was a homebrew, they they walked in to to this. They crossed this bridge, and I said, and the faint smell of jasmine. Fills oh no. the air. Mm. So, uh, you always right? calling these kind of things. Uh. Right, right. And it was a Thursday night in my house. Oh and, no. And you know, the, I, I, I like tapping into, you know those things where you hear about as a kid, like all those things your parents tell you about or the stories you share in your camp in primary five. Like, oh, if you hear her laugh far away, it means she's very near. Yeah, but I'm not scared because I'm not halal. Do They're you think ghosts, <clears throat> ghosts like, like all these spiritual creatures, like they, they, they have like halal haram? I think so. I hope so. But they like the not har- halal or no? No, I know you. This just me, people. Yeah, don't let. Like, okay, I gotta go, guys. <laughs> I gotta go. So from there, I, I became like super into like running homebrews. But then again, we were running stuff. Like, I was running rules based on stuff that I made up and, and adding on from the stuff that I learned from the player's handbook. And then I found this place and I was like, you know what? I'm gonna learn how to do things properly. And it was a whole new dimension. So I'm super excited. Like, Right now, our series of one-shots have evolved into a full-blown campaign. Yeah. Somehow, all the characters all linked to each other. My murder hobo barbarian dwarf from the very first from Lost Minds is now the the guy who runs the entire organization that's protecting everyone. Oh, beautiful. Yes. So, so now we are going to have a whole big, like, 
scale multiversal adventure that we've somehow ended up in in this hole and finding this place kind of pulls us deeper together because now we only meet as friends for D&D yeah. right like before this we would get bored like ah just lepak again yeah. you know and now we have a reason to look forward and meet each other and that's the best part of this whole experience for me that's, yeah. that's so cool I, I wonder like how is it like for you Faris because mm. now you do it professionally like mm. and I know for a fact you don't you have your own home game Right, but it's not frequent because everybody's busy. But I mean, for the games you run at professionally, like what do you enjoy? I enjoy moments where uh, we all, as a party, as a table, we come to a realization that uh, in the universe of our minds, this is happening for real. When the mechanics drop. When the ability scores becomes just the skeleton that you don't see. We know the ability scores are there that props us up. But what is moving the entire story forward is the meat that you have come up with in your mind. And it materializes. You know, people talk about projecting. And this is the moment where you can actually practice becoming a hero. And we don't get a lot of chance to do that. And to see people glowing out of that it's amazing I, I i played with this lady who is a young woman uh when she first came to our table she had a very soft voice she was like I, i'm interested in this but uh, i'm also not the role-playing type uh, i i just want to play i just want to experience this after eight months of playing when we reached the last episode of lost minds of Fandelver, that was when i realized she was standing up and going like i want to slash him for my first attack this is what i'm going to do for my second attack this is what i'm going to do and then like people cheer for her and i go like yes this is why i'm here this what i and i am no way shape and form um have power to do this they are putting themselves in here and I'm just a guide. I'm a guide to make sure everyone's okay, everyone's safe when they play, they are enjoying themselves and in that enjoyment, they find who they are because that's how it was for me as well as a player, right? When I play D&D, I, I, I'm just going along with what's being put on the table and you stop worrying about the right answers, you stop worrying about uh, your own worries of the day and you're just there to play and you are in a very heightened sense of tension. Because you are fighting the end of the world. You're fighting a big, bad, evil. It's 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 scary. But you are in this world where it's safe. You can do it. Yeah, it's fun. And the craziest thing is, right? Like, just to roll back a bit to what you said earlier. It matters to you, right? This whole world, as you say, it exists only in our minds. In that table, among those players. Like, you have movies where, like, everybody experiences the MCU and the MonsterVerse and things like that. But these adventures, this story is real to you, Right? And to think that there's this small group of people who maybe 10, 20 years from now can be in different parts of the world, right? All of them can still be linked back together because they remember this story. This was like something that we all experienced and only we have this experience, yeah. this exact experience. And those characters, the evolution of characters becomes the evolution of people themselves. Yeah. D&D is actually a very good form of therapy. It is. For sure. How about you, Dennett? Why, why, what, what gets you... Why are you, why do you do this? Why do you why are you a DM? Why am why you are philosophical idea? Exactly. Like okay, enjoyment, which is watching stories grow, watching players evolve, watching characters uh become legends. Those are so interesting to me. Like, for example, I'm running Dungeon of the Man Mage. 
and we are 31 episodes in. Yesterday was 31 episodes. 31 episodes with what, exactly 31 different players who have come through the doors and contributed to the story, have grown the dungeon. And because of all of that, the whole dungeon feels very rich and alive. Because it can be very sterile. Like, I mean, running dungeon crawls can be very sterile. As if you run for just one single group, it becomes draggy at certain points. Mm-hmm. But this doesn't feel draggy to me. I enjoy Wednesdays because I get to watch a new story or a new episode unfold. That's for me as uh, from my entertainment. But from what I'm interested in as a person has always been about creating experiences. And watching players experience new things, uh, like for example, the birth of AI. How do you interact with that? Like as a player, how do you interact watching AI being born? And like the conundrums that you have to filter through, the, the emotions that you go through, like that really interests me. Like that's the whole reason why I play Dungeons and Dragons and why I love it so much. I DM so much. Oh my god! Like, but I feel like not enough. Uh, yeah. I need to do more. Not enough hours uh, in the day to DM. Yeah, I I think I wanna highlight something else. Like there are other systems that I can I enjoy as well, but I don't know why I keep going back to D and D. I think because of the purity of it. Once you get, I know that a lot of players are like mechanically driven, character sheet driven, but once you push that out and just play the game, right, without the character sheet, without the skills and all that, and just use your creative imagination to solve problems, well, I'm sure. Yeah, it stops becoming a game. Yeah. It really becomes an experience. Uh, yeah, man, like the character sheet, like I learned this while, while, while being here at Table Minis is that the character sheet, once you stop looking at the character sheet and just go with the instincts of yourself through your character that's when everything becomes real yeah being present yeah being present in the game ceases the game makes the game now and then you get to fully become something more strong. and now you're on the map you're in that place you're seeing everything for yourself it's there it exists and you feel emotions that you don't feel before and that you find yourself in situations that will never happen in real life. Mm. Right? I think that's very adorable. Uh. Mm-hmm. Like, I think Call of Cthulhu as well, I think playing that was such a visceral and scary experience. Uh, it translates to me for the first time, even though I'm scared of all this shit, right? and I, I don't like being in, in watching like scary movies and all that, but that was the first time it came to me because I went through it. I went through like Call of Cthulhu with Pharaohs, which was frightening. I understood why people enjoyed horror so much because it's so damn fun. Yeah. It put it, it puts you on a plane where you won't naturally want to be. And yeah. you know this is safe, but you feel the heightened sense of fear. Yeah. But you know in the back of your mind subconsciously like, okay, after this game, I'll be fine. Yeah, so it's really fun. It is the closest you can get to like life-threatening experience, but with that safety net always being present. Correct. So that's it's a thrill that humans seek. I'll never understand it. I'll never understand why we want to put ourselves. It's just something that we want, right? It's just something that we can't help but be like, but what is behind that door? But, but what if I could push myself further? There's another whole set of players, like, and we see we see this here at Table Minis with Shakespeare and uh, Kids on Bikes. My players just want to hang out and roleplay. 
they don't want to do the combat thing. They just want to have like interesting situations that they play through. I find that fascinating because it's a pull away. And I think uh, Wizards and D&D creating that new arena of exploration of gameplay, I think, and moving away from the combat combat tropes, I think it was amazing. And watching it live and seeing the players, their happiness, some of them sign up twice. Uh. Some want to sign up three times with new characters, playing the same module over and over again. Just enjoying that sense. Like, I know your game's like sitting down in a tavern, having a conversation, uh, flashbacks and all that. Uh, just role-playing those, where there's one whole session with no combat, and maybe you roll the dice maybe four or five times. The players really enjoy it. It's magical. You can't get it anywhere else. Yeah, yeah. Recently, um, I, I ran uh, drag, uh, uh, Waterdeep Dragon Heist. And then uh, Dennett was just hanging out with the players and like, can I play? And the players went like, sure, come, have a chair, create a character. And then I panicked. <laughs> <laughs> uh, shit, can you play? And we just, two of the players just came back from uh, vacation and they are joining the table again. So that episode was just us sitting in the tavern having a conversation of what has been happening for the past 30 days of the character's life. And Dennett's character is an outsider looking in. And there was an interesting moment for me as a dungeon master as well. Because like, okay, how, how does this tie in? And how is this an experience? But they made it an experience. They made it like, yeah, we are going to accept you around this table. And we are going to tell you our deepest, darkest moments. And we're going to play. It was beautiful. I had so much fun. Yeah, that was that was crazy. That was crazy fun. I keep replaying it in my mind, like some of the beautiful moments where the but like there's there's a moment in my where we were recapping one player's uh past, and then everybody else played a character in that, and everybody played like almost every time they go back in the past, somebody played something else without even being prompted, and I'm like, yeah, this game is yours. I as the dungeon master is just I am just here to uh put in a stimuli and you go. Yes, um, that one player who had to break out in rap. Yeah, that was awesome. When we all joined in, we yes. just we just joined in. It was amazing. <laughs> it was yeah. He did eight bars. It was amazing. <laughs> so it's it's, it's ah, I I man. There are days where I don't get to play D and D, and I go on my Steam and try to pick out a game to play for an hour or so to just relax. It's just not the same. It is not. It is not. Because in some sense, D&D is the only place where you are your own character, right? That's you. That's you. Your soul is in that character. When you play a video game, no matter how much you try, as much as, you know, I love video games and video games have their own set of benefits that you can never find in D&D. But when it comes to playing D&D, this is the only place where that character has your soul. That character is you. It is you just in another world doing things that you would do that you are conceptualizing. And it's, that is the most fantastic part about DNA is the individuality that you can gain from it. It's yeah. you. Do you think characters have souls? I believe when you believe in something enough, it lives, in your universe at least, it lives, right? If you believe in something enough, it is real. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Where if it's quantifiable, like can I measure the soul of the character that I created in my mind? I don't think. They are. They are just a figment of our imagination. But then there's a lot of things that have been invented or created in this world based on someone's imagination. Yeah. It adds so much to the story. adds so much to the world. That's why I think co-creating the worlds with the players. I'm talking from a Dungeon Master's perspective. 
it's so much better. I remember when I first started, it was just like presenting the world to them and then having them play in it. But once I started to understand the game and then found the beauty of like, let the players create. Like, for example, they go to the tavern, they pick up a mead, asking them, how does it taste? Right, creates so much new experiences, opportunities for the players. And once they get used to it and then they start creating on their own, yeah. oh, that's when shock, ah, shock, that shock feeling. Yeah. The depth and the life and like that world suddenly evolves and you didn't have any hand in it. Even Correct. as a dungeon master, you are watching this world evolve on its own. And Correct. Even... Like right now, Mad Mage from level one of the dungeon, uh, Karen Crawler Butter has emerged as an economy <laughs> because of the players. It's stupid fun. Sure. Exactly, it's stupid fun. I, I actually have a question now based on, so like spinning off from this this particular conversation that we're having because both of you have DM'd quite a lot of games comparatively, right? And I, I want to know what kind of game or like what kind of, be it setting, be it kind of adventure, be it the kind of players, what is the kind of game that really gets your engine going, that really makes you like absorb yourself fully and have that maximum level of enjoyment where you go back home, you close your eyes and you're like, oh, that was amazing, you know? Like, what kind of game? Is it like the grand scale campaigns or is it the intimate settings or is it the dark, twisted paths? What is it that 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 tickles your tummy, you know? Well, you go first lah. I think from my observation of you, you enjoy close, very huggable, tight, Adventures? Yeah. Yeah. I love my political intrigue yeah. because with those political intrigue, you can have those very intimate moments because things are so far beyond your reach that I cannot change how the world runs. But that thing is, uh, it is very much part of my daily life. And the party will have to work through their emotions and their feelings about that man. yeah mm. I think for me um, I've run so many different types and I've done horror because of Stride I've done like grand grand adventure exploration I've done so many different ones but I think where I feel the most comfortable right now and the space that I enjoy most is uh, with with Spelljammer because what I realized that there's because with table minis we try to to create genres for each uh, big adventure, and for this is very light heart play that volume to ten and with that was it, <laughs> okay, and and it, that was just for the beginning because it gets darker and darker and darker later on. And you can't do that because of strat because you got to maintain the theme, maintain the feel, and I enjoy all those, but not as much as Spelljammer where I can just like create the most silliest things. And they fly because like a floating goldfish that floats through the windows and then looks at you and then goes through your face and you got a fishy taste at the end and comes out behind you. Like you can't do that in Lost Minds of Pandora. Yeah. Yeah. So I like that kind of freedom to just play. Like just put stuff in that they can feel and experience. Like and the touch. whole sandbox. Yeah. No, no. Sandbox is a whole different. Okay. Okay. So sandbox provides a whole different set of problems with players. Right. Um. Sometimes players don't like. I've tried sandboxes, and you need special breeds of players who are super creative and do not like limits. Right. Right. So I haven't found five players who can do full sandbox. 
But yeah, um, with players, right, I also enjoy players who just like to create stuff and for, have a lot of fun. Uh. Right. Yeah. Right. I have I have a table that designed their own uh, mansion. They, they, they went online and then learned how to uh, do like a 3D modeling of their thing and then they created it. And that's, also, that's, and that's outside of playing the game, right? And then they come up with, oh, we, we want sending stones. So they collected stones somewhere and like, oh yeah, now we have sending stones. That is another level of uh, player or game. that it, it goes outside of just the three hours, right? When you're playing a video game, after you finish your one hour, two hour, you're like, okay, I'm done. But one thing about Dungeons and Dragons that I enjoy and love is because after the three hours, people still want to hang out for another three hours to talk about what they did for the past three hours. And then after that, they go home, they message you, hey, I was thinking of this. And then it just goes on. The week goes on with them still thinking about the game and you're thinking about the game as well. I also was wondering, with that question, do you have an answer for yourself? Well, okay, I would consider myself, rel- I am relatively fresh as a Dungeon Master. And I, you know, I'm yet to DM tables here, table minis. And I can't wait to, I look forward to the opportunity because I want to explore as much as I can. But from what I've experienced right now, because most, in fact, all the games that I've run have been with my own group of friends, right? And my group of friends were very shenanigan We like to do the stupidest possible thing at the stupidest possible moment. They, we like to break tension by doing weird things, <laughs> right? Like if you are facing the deadliest mage on the planet, Right, they'll be like, ah, but you can't see if I pull this hat over you. And then they'll just pull the hat over him and they'll tickle him to death. Right, that's the kind of things that they will do. They will try to explore. You trick bandits by filling a room with water and they have no idea what's going on. So they like to break the game of shenanigans. Like I've mentioned to you guys before, they lured a megalodon away with a bucket of chum. And one, and they, they escape with their lives, right? But where I really see like a different side to all of them is when... The situation becomes desperate, right? And when you've built, when you've played long enough, you know, they really evolve and they immerse themselves in that world, right? So they are those people now. And the situation is desperate. And I love to see the relationships that go between them as players, right? Because they might not be the best of friends. Like maybe my friend is not close to another friend, but in that game, they are playing brothers. Or in that game, they have been together the longest through that particular campaign. And the relationships that evolve out of that, right? Where one player, one of my characters would actually just come forward and be like, no, I will stay. You get the hell out of here. And I've had two players just argue for one hour about who stays in this room and, and, and you know, basically takes on the, the task of possibly sacrificing themselves just so that the other player can get out. And those relationships actually strengthen their friendship outside of, of, of D&D, right? Because they're like, you would do that for me? Like, why, why would you do that for me? No, I'm the one who caused this. I should be doing this. And that sort of character exploration, it's like a personality to themselves that they've never seen or thought about before, right? Like, the happiest, brightest person in day-to-day life wants to now explore being this, what if I was dark and brooding? And what if I had traumatic experiences that shaped me? And, and trying to really immerse themselves in that sense of mind that's fascinating to me that seeing like it's like two people right there's one person who's like this on the outside but when he sits down and or he or she sits down and gets into character there's a whole other side like you said the character the the, the young lady who stood up and started screaming it's like that it's like seeing people become another persona watching watching your group mature yes. oh yeah, yeah, yeah and and experiment and 
find the depths of themselves exploring new sites and facets because you can't roleplay something you are not. You have to pull something outside of you that uh, pull something inside of you and bring it out that you don't naturally bring out and show the world and just expressing that wow, it's shook to watch. Yeah, it's amazing. I, I've, I've, I mean, I've had a uh, a guy who he wasn't really interested in, in D&D. He came along to play because it was all of us. It was his friends, right? And and so he was always like, oh, when are we going to fight? When are we going to fight? I just want to fight, right? And then we played another campaign where he played a character who was uh, a spy, right? But he has to fit in with everybody else and kind of be somebody else. But at the end, you know, they slowly learn things about him and he grows into that character. And this is a guy who's just like, he's happy sitting, smiling and being like, I'm going to slash and I'm going to cut his head off, you know? This is a guy who suddenly is like, nobody should know about what's going on here. Oh, nice. <laughs> He's having his own internal monologue and he will text me or he will pull me aside and be like, I need to do this. There's no way that I cannot allow them to find out what's actually going on. My goal here is to make sure that they're safe. And you know, and there's this whole other guy that appears and he, he changed the game. The whole, the entire party never suspected it. Ended the game by rolling an intimidation check against him because they wanted to know who is he. And he was doing his best to hide this this version of himself. So that, that, that was a kick, you know, like, and from that point on, him as a player was a different person. He started exploring all new forms of characters. You and, understood what D&D is. Yes. <laughs> Finally. <laughs> the, the, I remember you, um, you were sitting in for one of our uh, tasters. Yes. And then there was a person who was playing the game that was brought in by uh, a, uh, their partner. And then they sat there and like, even when we were asking them questions during the beginning of the uh, session, was not interested. Um, but somehow, after the first hour, she started sitting up, or they started sitting up. And then the next hour, this person started coming out with brilliant... It was something that she was interested in, mm-hmm. or he, he, they were interested in. And I was very shocked. I, I don't know about you when you were sitting on the, by the side watching that. I was very shocked that suddenly this person at the end of the game was shaking our hands like, thank you, thank you for that experience while three hours ago, like, uh, yeah, this is what I'm playing. No. Yeah, yeah. I was scared. I was scared for the table, but then it was amazing. I think you just have to trust the process sometimes yeah. as well. Right. Um, because we ran so many beginner campaigns and the players come in with that certain thinking of how to play um, and always coming from an RPG game, uh, video game background, right, with skills and all that. But once they start learning, uh, and the play, I think one thing of cool I'm, about table minis is the space and what the DMs hold that that safety for them to really just explore. And I'm not saying like you can't do that in, real, in your own homes. Right? You all do that. Every group eventually gets there. But it's so... Um, the word I can only come up with is beautiful to watch from our from our screen or uh, behind the screen and watching that unfold and when you just know as a DM right you know when the players got it yeah their eyes just completely change and then the the before it's the polite smile now it's not smile now it's like a frown like oh I got this now I, I this is what I want to do and you can see all the calculations going through their head then you know you got them ready there's the gravitas in the voice yes, yes. right there's the gravitas in the voice and then standing up is another thing yes. when suddenly the entire party stands up you go like okay yep hook line and sinker yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah the moment where you he or she or they is in you know, yeah. you're, you're in yeah. And then they try, they try for the first time, bless their hearts, they try their first time to 
do voices. Yeah. Then they're always very shy and <laughs> yes. just all, always a broken ear and there. But it's so endearing to watch. It's so endearing to watch. So like, I, I, I'm enjoying... Because there are definitely at Table Minis, we can't hold a party for five years, right? Yeah. Uh, but we do have parties that have been playing with us since the moment we began until now, and they have been continuing. And they started out as strangers. Strangers. Right? They're not even friends. They don't know. They're just like, okay, I'm, why am I getting myself into it? And some of them never played DMD before. And now, a year and a half Introverted in, people as well. Yeah. A year and a half in, they're like, uh, when we don't have DMD, they're like, oh, you want to go for a drink? Or they're like hanging out together. They're like, like messaging each other. And once in a while, someone's going to send a meme on the WhatsApp group, and then it goes crazy for the next 20 minutes. And then after that, it quietens down. Just to know for a moment that these people I ventured with is around. Still around. Yeah. It's beautiful. And they'll always be there in your head as, that was my, that's my adventuring party, yeah. right? That, you trust those cool. guys. Yeah. You, trust, you trust those people around you. I, I'm looking at myself as a player as well. Yeah, you, you trust your players uh, and you become friends. You always, I think, fastest way to make friends play daily. Yeah. Oh, yes. <laughs> and friends, uh, we're not talking about acquaintances. No, you want no, a these friend? Are friends. Right, you play the game. You all become friends. Yeah. For sure. <laughs> so, running that up, that was somehow that transformed into this episode just became a whole thing about why do I love D&D? Is it? Oh, yeah, again. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we can never stop talking about that. I think it. there's always a new revelation. Week on week on week of playing that, there's always something. There are bad days where you go like, ah, oh, I should have done it. I could have done it better. But from, I could have done it better, there's always something amazing that comes, from, comes out of it. It's just like D&D. Sometimes when you roll a one, shit, it's going to go, it's going to go to shit. But then there are always amazing stories that comes out of it. It's Correct. amazing experience that comes out of it. Can, can I add something? Sure. Like, the DMs here at Table Minis, right? Uh, sometimes I feel for all of us, and me included, right? If we have a bad day, the level of self-beating up, it's quite tragic, uh. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> we get really upset with ourselves. And uh, and I think the good thing about us is we get to talk to each other about it. Because I know when I started, there's nobody to talk to, and it's just me in my own misery, right? But here, yeah, it's kind of shared, uh, and yeah, we get really emotional about players sometimes we cry we just don't say it. we just cry about what this player has done or the choices they've made or uh, and the tragedy especially when players cry they always players always say like oh you yeah, did very happy you killed our character no but behind we're all cracking we're all breaking up inside yeah. it's it's harder on us because uh you are under our care and at the same time we're supposed to kill you so it's very conflicting yeah and at the end of the day the dice makes that decision yeah, right? not us. and you want to give them another chance to live but you know that it's just not fair yeah the story doesn't flow properly after that the dice is unflinching the dice is merciless yes that's our sixth player at the table man yeah. the dice so thank oh. you very much for listening to us uh, here at alama ednd uh, oh, well. we were not expecting for it to be a somber and today, uh, we had a couple of realizations ourselves, yep. and we hope that you get to share with uh, someone what you are experiencing at the table or outside of the table. Feel free to find someone to chat with about Dungeons and Dragons or just about your day. If you wanna find a place to hang out and chat, do come down to Table Minis at WinTech Center at Ubi, or you can hook us up on Discord or. Instagram. Yeah, I think Discord, we have a channel for DMs just to uh, rent and share about what's going on in their campaigns. I think that's important. It's a very safe space, everybody. So come hang out.
Yeah. Um, that's it from me, Faris Najib. Good night. And Amir. Just Amir. Oh, you want me to go? And because it's very similar, right? So, Muhammad Amir Hamza bin Muhammad Javed Wadu. Stay tuned and I will spell it for you one day. Have you registered for Table Mini's Halloween event, Kind of Sus? Together with Cranium 2022, you can now register on our social media. If you haven't done so, then the hosts will visit you at night. Before you sleep, because it's a bit awkward. Alright, I'll see you there. Let's do